Welcome to the DNA Podcast with me, Dylan, the founder of DNA Fitness. Join me as I sit down with guests to discover what really makes us who we are. On this episode, I'm joined by Chavi Verg to discuss women and weights. Getting into weightlifting can be quite daunting for a lot of women out there. With so many misconceptions around, we sit down and take them apart to show you exactly how empowering it can be for women to get confident in the gym. Join us as we tell the stories of how it all started for us, from growing up between two cultures, dealing with anxiety, to unhealthy body image views. We cover it all plus more. So kick back and let's get into it. Hi, Chavi. Thanks for joining me on today's episode. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, it'll be good. I think your journey and insight will be very valuable to a lot of the women out there. Um, so why don't we start off with a little bit about yourself, what you currently do and kind of how you got to where you are now. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, you know, it's so it's so interesting to be asked this question because I honestly don't know what I do. <laughs> I feel like I do. I just I do everything. And I also dabble in different fields like, okay, so the basic or like the all encompassing answer, I guess you could say is currently I'm a model. Um, I do a lot of modeling. And I'm a former pageant uh, winner. And on the side, you know, I'm also getting into this acting world. I do like speaking. Mm. I have my little podcast slash talk show thing going on Instagram. Uh, so, you know, it's just, I'm like all over the place. But I like, I like that, that, you know, nowadays we don't really have to just be one thing. We can be a lot of different things. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I agree. I think... I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is you're always taught from a young age, right, that you should kind of just focus on one thing and right. really, really polish your skills in that one thing. But then at the same time, you're kind of limiting yourself, aren't you? You're you're putting yourself into one box, whereas if you can kind of dabble around with quite a few things, you, there's so much more you can do. Yes. You, know I mean? um, you said you won a pageant. What was that all about? Okay, so when I was, I want to say, when I was 18, 17, I was 17 years old, um, I decided that I wanted to compete in a beauty pageant. And there, there's like a whole long story as to how I got there. But long story short, I grew up dancing and I had the opportunity through my dance school to model at a fashion show. So that along with watching America's Next Top Model growing up, <laughs> it all just kind of it came to a point where when I saw this opportunity, I just wanted to give it a shot and see what would happen. And I went in, I competed at Miss New Jersey Teen USA, my first time competing, and I got fourth runner up. So after the prep that I had and doing the, like getting the placement that I did, I just thought, oh my goodness, maybe this is something that I can win someday. Hmm. So I just went back again and again and I won my third pageant, which was Miss New Jersey USA 2017. Wow. That's very quick, as in just literally three times. Yeah. It's... I mean, it took a lot of prep, though. Yeah, I could imagine. I mean, we, we don't have, like, I don't think we have that many pageants here. I know it's quite big in, in the US. Yeah. Um, so I don't, know, I don't know exactly how it all works. But to me, doing something three times and winning, because I'm pretty sure it must be <laughs> quite competitive. I would expect you to know. I would expect you to be so well-versed in the pageant. <laughs> I'm lying. I know everything about pageants. I love them. I'm taking part in one. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, yes, yeah, it's, it's a big thing in America. And I think 
hats off to you, man. I guess obviously the modeling comes hand in hand with that almost. Did, were you modeling before or after? Yeah, I was modeling before. So I grew up dancing, right? So just my entire life I was on stage in front of people performing. So I was never people show or stage. I never had stage fright. That whole, that world, being on stage, being in front of people and being in the pageant, it just kind of, it flowed very nicely with it. It tied in very nicely to that. And it was just, it was a beautiful experience. Like I yeah. grew a lot in that whole process. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I was, I think I was the complete opposite. Really? I, I think I, there was probably, I would hate going in front of a bunch of people on stage. I used to do like, um, I don't know, what, I don't know what you call them in, in the US. Um, I think there were like plays where like, for example, in school, we did like the Wizard of Oz. And you kind of just, all the kids kind of act out all the roles. And um, I think that's the closest I got to being on stage in anything. But um, I don't think I'm built for that. You know, well, so, you, never but, know. You, you could surprise yourself, you know. Yeah. Well, the pageant I'm taking part in that I just made <laughs> up, hopefully I'll do well in that. And then we'll see where I, I go. So. If you need any tips, you can always ask me. I'll give you a shout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, ha have you always been like that then in, in the sense of, I think especially now more so than ever, obviously, the way the way the world has gone in terms of the way people see themselves, um, self-esteem and things like that. Have you always been like that, that confident young woman? Uh, you know, I, I want to say yes. Like, I, I do have to attribute a lot of that to my mother and my father who really raised me to be that way. But, you know, growing up, I would say me and my mom are very close. So she was just always my biggest supporter. And she would always tell me, you know, you can do whatever you want. I want you to just go out, spread your wings, fly, do, do whatever it is that makes you happy. And just know that you, you deserve it. You are worthy. You deserve the best that there is in the world. Just go out and chase that. So, you know, having grown up with a figure like that in my life and someone who just constantly believed in me, it really helped mm. with confidence it just always made me feel like there was nothing I couldn't do yeah that's amazing yeah I'm think, very, very grateful very blessed yeah very yeah because a lot of I think I think a lot look, a lot of parents obviously most parents I'd like to think have those intentions for their children anyway but it's not um every day that they kind of say those kinds of things do you know like for example my my mum and my dad they they have the most love for me Mm -hmm. like that I can think of out of everyone and um, I know they want the best for me and they've always been very supportive of anything I've done in my life you know I've I've had multiple career changes in my life and all sorts I'm the type of person there I get I get bored of things very easily and I once I feel like I've kind of accomplished something I want to move on and try something else and no matter what route I've kind of gone down they've always supported me um, but to have those words being said to you that that really must drive children on and I feel like I've read it in a book somewhere actually I can't remember what book it was now but something similar to that it was all about mindset and um, thinking patterns and how st stuff that you're told when you're young can affect you so much later on in your life and similar to what your mum said to you that it was pretty much those exact words that were in that book and it said that children who are told those things from a young age do go on to be very successful when they're older yeah. Um, although obviously there's so many things that can change someone's life in terms of their environment when you go to school if people get bullied that sort of thing I think the home life is kind of 
the thing that's always constant and that can really be a driving force. No, absolutely. And I, I do feel for the people who do have to face bullying and all that because that time is, it's, it's hard. Like mm. I actually, so I, I don't know if I was ever bullied, but I was, you know, I had received some comments growing up because I obviously, well, okay. So, you know, when, with, you know, with us Indians, we have our, our big eyebrows and our upper lip. <laughs> <laughs> So I had all of that going on when I was younger. And then um, I still I- do. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, kids sometimes out of ignorance can be cruel unintentionally, of course. Um, mm. And growing up, I was on the chubbier side. I did, you know, have all that going on. And like occasionally there were like a few boys in my grade who would just be like, oh, you're ugly. And anytime I got comments like that where I felt like I was fat or this and that, um, I would come home and I would tell my mom and she would just always have like, she, she just had such a graceful response to things. She would be like, no, like, okay, you know what, if he, if that's what he says, then like, that's his opinion, but that does not define you. That's not you. You're not ugly. So, you know, just don't even pay attention to that. So, you know, having someone to share those moments with, and then to have words like that come out, um, and even like, you know, just growing up Indian American, occasionally there were some discrepancies with people who were not Indian and they would just make certain comments about my food. Um, my mom was just always so, so graceful in those situations. Like if someone said something about my food not smelling good, she'd be like, okay, well, you know what? Tomorrow I'll pack you some extra. Why don't you go give them a taste of some of this hmm. food and see what they say? So that actually reminds me of this one time in kindergarten, that exact instance happened. And when the girls at my table had my food, they were like, oh my God, this is so good. And they wanted something of mine every single day after that. <laughs> so, you know, it's just that kind of environment. It's so, it changes who you are. It, it, it's yeah. very impactful. Yeah. I, I personally want to see a picture of a chubby, hairy you. So I think that would be quite <laughs> funny. You know, they used to be on Facebook. I got rid of them. <laughs> But um, did you have um, did you have like a lot of um, Indians or Asian people in your school? Yeah, I, I'm from Edison, New Jersey. This is we lovingly call it Brown Town here, <laughs> and I would say like over fifty percent of my school was Asian Indians and like or South Asians and Chinese people. Yeah. A okay, lot. so that, so it wasn't like you you stood out or anything. It was just sometimes no, people would no, say not at all. Silly We're things. the majority. <laughs> <laughs> That's brave of them then, no? To start taking the piss out of your food? Yeah, well, this was like, you know, I feel like when you, you can probably relate to this as well. When you grow up with these two backgrounds, I feel like there's always just a struggle within you to figure out how much of each you want to accept. Because Mm. you are not, you know, you're obviously not completely Indian, um, like the people are in India, but you're also not completely American or completely British or wherever else you are, like the people elsewhere. So it's just, I think people who are in our shoes, we just have a different experience, maybe more so in the past before internet and globalization was that big. It's just a different experience where people um, are not as accepting all the time. And you have to figure out how to navigate that with that, like by yourself. Yeah. I think it's quite, yeah, it's quite interesting you say that because especially I think when you're younger, um, number one, kids are cruel. Uh So that makes it, just difficult in itself but like you say where when you're younger you don't kind of like for example we, we 
the cultures are very different, right? Um, and when you're a child, you don't really question anything. You you kind of just do what you, you've been taught by your parents in terms of your, your culture or your religion or anything like that. The, even the foods you eat and stuff, you don't question anything. You just do as you're told, right? And then you go to school and you, you, you meet the people from a different culture. And it's like you say, you're not fully Indian in that sense, but you're not fully American or British or anything like that. And it's it's quite hard figuring it out. Right. Because, you know, and it's it's interesting you say that because I've never actually thought about it in that way because you kind of, I just kind of got on with life. But when I look back at it now, yeah, it is. But I feel like the older we get, and like you say, with things like the internet and stuff now, I've, I question everything now. I yeah. literally question everything. If my mum tells me like this is a religious day or something, I'm like, what's it for? What yeah. does it mean? Is yeah. it actually religious? Is it just the culture? Because I think with um, with us as well, culture and religion gets mixed up quite a lot. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Oh, that's so yeah. true, actually. I never really thought about it. But, you know, so I wouldn't say I'm super, super religious. Mm. But I do like, like I do the arti every single day. And I like, when I went out to LA and I was on my own for a little bit, I did the arati every morning, even though like, you know, it's like, I don't know. I, do, I wouldn't call myself super religious, but it's just something that made me feel close to my culture. And that's why I carried that with me. Yeah. Um, yeah and I think it's important to have those, those little things that you do, but I think it's just as important to question things yeah. as well, because our parents were never in the position where they could question their parents. You know, back then you would never speak up to your elders or anything or question your elders. Whereas I feel like we're in a position now where we can and we should. It's something where we get knowledge. I said a long time, I wouldn't, I'm not superly religious. I'd say currently in my life, I'm more spiritual than I am religious. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like I'm the same. Hmm. But um, I still think you need something. You do need some sort of belief system in your life. Yeah. I think it helps. It does. It does. It, it's. You know, I think it's just this, it's like this protection, you can say. I don't know if mm. that's the way to say it, but I do know, like, again, going back to my little experience in LA, even though it was only a few weeks long, really, like, living by myself and navigating things by myself, um, it was just such a different feeling. Like, at home, I just feel very protected and safe, probably because, you know, my parents are there. But mm. when I was away, I just kind of felt, I, that actually, earlier this year when I had gone out, I started feeling a lot of anxiety and I'm not a person who usually feels that way. And I was wondering, why am I feeling anxious? Why do I have this anxiety out of nowhere? And I think part of it was because I felt like I was all alone and I felt like I was on my own now. And, yeah. you know, what, no matter what your religious or spiritual beliefs are, having something there, like having that belief, like the universe or God or whoever is there for me. I'll be okay. I'm protected. I like, you know, I'm, everything is good. Having that in the back of your mind just makes a very big difference in how you feel on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. 100%. One, it's like you say, whether you want to call it the universe, call it God, call it what you want to call it. There, there is something bigger than us at play here. And just knowing that it's on your side yeah. is quite, quite comforting. It's one, one of my favorite affirmations I say is all is well in my world. Um, anytime I kind of start feeling any sort of negative emotions. How did you um, how did you deal with the anxiety? Obviously, you, you moved to L.A., you were all on your own. Yeah. Um, how, and it's obviously, like you said, you don't you, you never really had that sort of anxiety before. So when it first came along, how did you kind of deal with it? 
So I, when I was preparing for my Miss New Jersey USA pageant, I got into this habit of creating a very solid morning routine. And I remember that time being the most insightful time of my life. I felt so calm. I felt so happy from within. And I do feel like that tied into my victory as well with the pageant. But I had, ever since that had happened, I'd kind of gotten out of it. So I decided that, you know, maybe I need to reestablish that morning routine once again and start doing those things again, um, make that a part of my, like my daily life and see what happens. And I think it worked. I feel great now. Yeah. What, what was the morning routine? I'm curious. Yeah. So I wake up, um, I wake up around five, five thirty every day and I have a rule where I don't look at my phone the first hour I wake up. So I don't touch my phone. I don't look at it. And then, um, I will like, instead of looking at my phone, I will do yoga. I will meditate. I will write in my gratitude journal, things I'm grateful for. And then just plan out my day, set that intention and then work out. (laughs) (laughs) And then after I do all of that, that's when I start my day. Okay. Have you ever read a book called the miracle morning? I have a copy. <laughs> you have, have you never read it? No, I've read it. I've, oh, you I've have? Read it, so I wouldn't be able to point out the details, but I've incorporated <laughs> things that it says into my life. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just asking because your morning routine is quite similar to mine. And yeah. I learned that from the Miracle Morning. It's a really good book. It's amazing. It works, man. It's so good. It's, it's been a game changer for me. Mine's very similar. I wake up. I, I try not to look at my phone. You I think, try. Yeah, I try, but it's, you know what, my alarm is on my phone and then it kind of just leads to it. But you know what, I think I need to stop because when you look at your phone, that's when your thoughts start kicking off. Yeah. If you can not look at your phone, you won't think as much. And I feel like that time of the morning, especially when you're, so the first thing I do is meditate. And I think when I'm meditating on the days I haven't looked at my phone too much, um, my meditation is just a lot better. Yeah. Whereas when I do look at my phone, I'm trying to meditate, but it's always that little bit harder to focus because I'm just thinking of all the, the messages I've seen or, you know, some something that I've just seen on my phone. So, yeah, similarly, I meditate. Then I do my daily affirmations. I do some visualization. I'm a very big, big believer in the law of attraction. Oh, so, yeah, so visualization is a big part of that, obviously. And um, it's something I've been doing religiously now. Um, then obviously you have your your journaling, which I admit I've been slacking with. Oh, you need to get on that. I can be your kind of if you need one. Yeah. Okay. I need that. I need someone <laughs> to keep me in check because <laughs> I used to. I used to literally. I used to write five things that I'm grateful for every single day. Yeah. Just five, and then I'd read them back to myself, and then I'd write another five. So then the next day I had ten. I'd read those ten back, and then every day I'd kind of repeat that process. But recently I've kind of just fallen off it i need to get back to that part of it um and then yeah like it's amazing what that does to you yeah it is it's it's such little things as well that you just need to spend a couple of minutes on every day and it makes such a huge difference especially when people are going through things like anxiety or or depression or any sort of rough period in their life i think those small things do make such a big difference Um, you're blessed you know like um I'll give you an example. Actually, so we think we take little things like the internet, electricity, all these things for granted. And there was a hurricane that hit the New Jersey, New York area last week. And we ended up losing our power for like 
two hours. And that was so unbearable. Like no, (laughs) no lights, no fan, no air conditioning, just nothing. And I was like, oh my God, I really just don't know what to do with myself. (laughs) Um, Because my work is on my computer. I can't really, like, I can't use it right now because it's low on battery. And I, I can read, but I also want to be productive. So it's just like, just little things like that. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so dependent on the internet. Yeah. Like it's just, you know, these little things like life. You don't, you don't realize it until you don't have it. Yeah. I went to, um, I went to Cuba a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, have you ever been there? No, I have not. So Cuba is still kind of like in the sixties or the fifties oh, yeah. or something. They, they don't really have internet anywhere. Um, they do, but you have to kind of buy like these cards where you pay for them and then you get like an hour's worth of internet, but only at specific oh. locations, mainly like at hotels and stuff. And we weren't even staying in hotels. So where we were staying, there was no internet or anything. And it was the first time in my life I kind of, I had my phone with me and it was useless. Oh, wow. There was nothing I was doing on my phone apart from just taking pictures. You know, that, that's um, all, there's beauty in that too, though. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. It was it was such a good time. It was kind of like, I always say to people, Cuba is probably one of my favorite holidays I've ever been on. And a big part of that was just disconnecting from the world. And when you do, you kind of just focus more on your actual surroundings and you kind of live in the moment a lot more. Yeah, that's so true. Even when I go to India, my grandparents don't have internet in their house. So, you know, I'll have my phone, but it's really, it's not, it's no use. Yeah, it's just a camera. Yeah. <laughs> so you're kind of, you're into fitness right oh absolutely how long have you been into it were you always kind of active or did you kind of because obviously I, I was a chubby kid as well oh yeah and yeah, yeah i was chubby kids we grow up to be the <laughs> exactly do you know what it is i always say to people that it's because i know what it is. i wasn't even chubby i was fat oh right? <laughs> <laughs> and um i always say to people I know what it's like to be like that and I don't want to be fat again. Yeah. Oh my God. Seriously. Yeah. That's, I think that's why we get so crazy into it Yeah. because we, we just don't want to be on that side again. But um, yeah. how, how did you kind of get into it all? Well, um, so I did. Uh, okay. So I would say my, my chubbiest year was when I was 10, 11 years old and um, I did my Arangitram, which actually I lost a ton of weight after doing that. And it kind of just, you know, getting, not lose weight as in like lose weight, but lose weight as in got a lot of just, like I got stronger, I got more toned. And I just loved, I loved how I looked. I loved how I felt. I became so much more confident. And then um, obviously I wasn't like someone who would gym a lot. I would just work out a couple times, if anything, like just average. And then I remember when I was in college, so this was around the time of my pageant, okay? The first two times I competed, I wouldn't, I didn't have the body that a lot of the winners and like the girls who did really well had. And that kind of, the pageant was a little bit of like this motivating factor for me where I was like, oh, you know what? I kind of, I want to win this pageant and I want to look like those girls do when they wear their swimsuits. So that was one thing. And then the second thing was, um, I don't know, I just saw this, my roommate, at the time she had this influencer friend and she was our age and I saw her body and I was like I want to look like that (laughs) and it was just it was very superficial I'm not gonna lie it was very very superficial um but when I started getting into it 
when I started going to the gym and not doing cardio, but actually lifting weights, getting stronger, I was just, it was such an empowering thing for me. I joined this online fitness group and the women on there were so supportive, so encouraging. It just, it made me feel so good. And going to the gym, being able to like do dumbbell curls with all these like yeah. big men sitting in the weight section. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm here at like 18 years old and I'm Killing like the weights alongside this like bodybuilder. It was just great. <laughs> and that just, I think that like when I started seeing the results and the strength and just the, my confidence, it just went up from there. Mm. And I think it's funny you mention it, how it all kind of started off as you just wanting to look good. Yeah. You know, and it is very superficial at the beginning. And I think a lot of people that get into this journey, because let's be honest, this is a very long journey that we're on when it comes to health and fitness. And I think for most people, if not all of us, it starts as something very superficial. Yeah. For me, it was always like, one, I didn't want to be fat. And mm -hmm. two, I, I wanted big arms. I wanted big biceps. I wanted the muscles. You know, you see, you used to see all these um, bodybuilders in amazing shape back then. Yeah. And not to say I want to be as big as a bodybuilder, yeah. but you, you, you want the muscles and you think it's going to make you look better. But then when you kind of delve a little bit deeper into it and you kind of get a bit more involved in everything, you, it, I think it transcends just looking yeah. good. That was so well said because it's so true. It's like my same with you, like with me, um, my whole thing was very superficial when I started, but then it's, it's interesting how after I started feeling the effects of working out and being active and living just a healthy lifestyle, the aesthetics became secondary. It just mm. became about me chasing this feeling of like that adrenaline, feeling that pump in my arms when I would yeah. do arms, like, things like that. I was like, Oh my God, this is just amazing. I want this again and again and again. Yeah. And the, the looks part of it just came as an, like a side effect or like a result of yeah. me chasing something else you know it's funny you say that um because i've said it in previous podcasts as well and I, it's something i say all the time that looking good should always just be a side effect of being healthy yeah yeah and i think where people go wrong is when they do it the other way around and they think being healthy is a part of looking good it's not mm -hmm. if, uh, yeah and i think what you touched upon in terms of it being empowering i think especially for women I personally believe every woman should be lifting weights. Yeah. Every single woman should be lifting weights. I, the biggest thing I hate is when I step into a gym and I'm in a gym every single day of my life, right? And I'm there all day long, pretty much. It's, it's where I work. And I see women who come in there every single day, they get onto the treadmill, they run, they walk, they jog, whatever they're doing, they get off and then they go home. They come yeah. back the next day, they jump on the treadmill. They run, they walk, they, you know, and they're just it, cardio, 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 cardio. And I think that's not, number one, it's not going to get you to where you want to be anyway. But number two, you're missing out on so much more. Oh, yeah. So much more. I mean, I, I train all my female clients to lift heavy and to eat real food. The yeah. same way I train, same way I train my male clients, yeah. you know, we all have different goals, but there's, there's no such thing as training like a man or training like a woman. And I've always said, and I've seen it, with my own eyes in my clients it's so empowering for women to lift heavy because yeah. you know, a, lot, a lot of women a lot of women so we step into the gym and kind of like how you said you found it so cool to be able to do all these bicep curls and stuff with all these big guys next to you yeah. and when women first step into a gym and they see that and they see the free weight section and 
they, they get intimidated and it can it, be intimidating. Yeah, that's the right yeah. word. So intimidating. Yeah, and that's why women kind of avoid it. But I yeah. feel like when you kind of get into it, I love it when I see a woman kind of go into a male-dominated area and just start throwing weights around, you know. And if and believe me, like men get intimidated by that. Yeah. When men see a strong woman in the gym, like doing deadlifts and squats and all of that good shit, they get intimidated. So then it kind of flips it on its head. The, the thing that you found intimidating to begin with, yeah. you're now intimidating the big men that are there, you know. And I feel like every woman should lift heavy. Yeah. Lift weights. Yeah. Even if not heavy, heavy, still lift weights, man. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. And you know, like what you said, right? It is it is so intimidating. And getting that confidence, I think that's the hardest part. Once you have that confidence in the gym, you can do anything. Mm -hmm. um, when I first started, like, I also think there are certain guys that are just jerks, okay, at the gym. <laughs> and one of my pet peeves is when they see a woman working out, lifting weights. I don't know why they feel like it's necessary to correct their form. Mm. Like, I'm friends with the trainers. My trainer friends have never said anything about certain things I'm doing. But occasionally, a few of these guys that are working out will come up to me and be like, oh, you're not really working out this muscle by doing that. And my answer is always like, really? Because I feel it and my muscle looks pretty defined. Like, I'm pretty happy with the results I'm achieving. Mm. Um, just things like that. Moments like that can be very, like, they can set you back a little bit because it's already intimidating being in that atmosphere, being in, like, this place where there's not really a lot of women there. And then yeah. on top of that, you're trying to do something and you have people correcting you or saying you're doing something wrong. It's just, you know, it's it's scary and it's uncomfortable. And I do feel like in moments like that, you just need to know that it's just like to ignore those things. Yeah. Do, you, do, you, do you think it's their egos though? Like I said, you know, when, when yeah. a man, when a man's in the, in the weights area and let's say you, you run along into there and you start lifting the weights. And like I said, it does intimidate men. They might not say it, they might not show it, but I know it does. All right. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's because let's say that guy who said it to you, for example, yeah. he, he must've felt intimidated. His ego kicked in. So mm -hmm. he kind of wanted to put you down a little bit so it makes himself feel a little bit more superior. Do you, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and you know what? It could be. It could be. I don't know why he felt the need to feel intimidated. He looked like a bodybuilder to me. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where it doesn't really help uh, yeah. anyone in that situation. You know, it's not really, you're not, I don't, I don't know if that's supposed to be something that's supposed to be a turn on and that's kind of like your first move or <laughs> if that's actually something you're genuinely trying to like it's a like you're genuinely so invested in how this person is doing curls or extensions that you feel the need to help yeah. but it really doesn't serve either purpose so it's just best to mind your own business and not do that yeah just do your own shit leave everyone else alone but i do find a lot of the times you know how um, a lot of the times when women do feel intimidated or do feel nervous about going into certain areas of the gym, um, I think it's because they think everyone's watching them. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, but you know what I always say to people? 99% of the time, no one is watching what you're doing in the gym. Yeah, no one cares. Yeah, everyone's just kind of focused on themselves, you know. Don't get me wrong, like, when, I, when I'm training and I'm in the zone, I'm just, I'm, I don't care what anyone else is doing. I'm oh, not paying attention. yeah. Yeah. No, it's so it's so important because I think, you know, this is going back to something you mentioned earlier. Um, you'll see these women that are doing cardio and it's this 
fear amongst women that if they lift weights, they'll get bulky like men. And that's mm-hmm. not the, that's not the look they're trying to achieve. And it's, you know, this is something I remember from when I first started working out and training. Uh, my The trainer at the time would tell me, you know what? You know what muscle does? When you have muscle and when you are toned like that, clothes just hang beautifully on your body. And I was like, mm-hmm. huh? That's interesting. They're like, yeah, that's all muscle. That's not being skinny. That's building that muscle. And how are you muscle mess? Yeah. And how are you going to build that muscle? You're going to build that muscle number one by feeding it. So you don't deprive yourself of food um, to achieve that goal. So you feed it, you feed it healthy, you feed it clean, but you can also, you know, enjoy whatever you love in moderation. And two, you get that by lifting heavy. It's from hypertrophy. So that, when you lift heavy that's not going to happen from you doing curls with two pounds when that's clearly very easy for you (laughs) you know what i I have the biggest smile on my face right now why this this is what i'm trying to preach to women oh yeah eat food and lift heavy i think that's the only and you know what muscle muscle is active tissue and i'm I'm glad you said to them especially the eating part because a lot a lot of women feel like they need to starve themselves of them themselves of calories and do tons of cardio you don't you 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 train heavy you eat a lot of food i mean if you if you go into any gym and pick the most chiseled or amazing looking woman yeah who has the best physique and you ask her what she eats i guarantee you she eats shit loads oh um, absolutely i have this one friend at my gym her body is body goals oh my goodness like i so before I knew her, like she was just this girl, she had like the cutest clothes on at the gym. And I would just like, every time she came into the gym, I would just like stare at her in like the most <laughs> non creepy way. I would just be like, oh my God, that girl's body, like I want that body. And um, so eventually, you know, like we started talking and then we became friends. And I would just always ask her like, what do you do to get abs? How do you like tone your glutes the way that you have them like toned? And she would just say, oh, I just I eat a ton. Like, this is what I eat in a day. And it wasn't deprivation. She would just eat a lot. She's like, you have to feed mm. your butt if you want to grow your butt. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Um, and just just different things. I'm like, it was just, it was very interesting being friends, like just being friends with her and like learning all this stuff. Because yeah. even when she would do squats, even when she would do hip thrusts, she would go like into like 200 pounds. And I would be like, oh, God, this is insane. Yeah. But they're the ones with the amazing bodies. Yeah, they're the ones yeah. that have the really, really toned physique. Yep. Exactly. And like you say, muscle muscle mass is active tissue, right? So the more lean muscle tissue that you have, the more calories you're going to naturally burn on a day-to-day basis. It yes. increases your basal metabolic rate, which is basically your metabolism. So by doing tons of cardio, you're actually running the risk of burning muscle away. Whereas by lifting heavy weights, you're building that muscle tissue. So you're speeding up your metabolism. So long-term, you'll keep the fat off anyway. Yeah. And number two, women can't look like men unless they take steroids or unless they train and eat in a very specific way for a long period of time, purely because women don't have the same levels of testosterone as men. You know, you're never going to end up looking like a man just from lifting weights. It's, it's just impossible and i did a post on my instagram about this recently about what what women think when they they think about lifting weights and i said how they do genuinely think they're going to end up looking too bulky or too manly but it's actually the opposite i feel like when women lift weights they actually shape their physiques to look more feminine what's your um, what's your training currently like 
Okay, so right now, well, I don't go to the gym anymore. I haven't gone to the gym in months. I feel so, so bad about it. <laughs> in the beginning of quarantine started, I didn't have any weights at home either. So I was just doing body weight and I started noticing a lot of my muscles just getting smaller. So I invested in some um, adjustable dumbbells and my training schedule is like, it's obviously not the same as when you go to the gym just because I don't have that equipment at home. But um, a lot of my training is involves circuit training. And so, and like just, okay, so circuit training, supersets and um, a lot of hit. That's basically like, I would say that's like what it mostly is. Mm -hmm. So I'll have my day, like I'll start off, like I'll have a leg day, I'll have an arm day, and I'll have two full body days. And the full bodies are typically circuit or Tabata and yeah. the legs and the arms um, will incorporate strength training, but very little to no rest. So it'll be circuit and strength training, but little to no rest. Yeah. So that way, instead, like, instead of like me being in a gym setting where I have all these weights and I have all these things to do, I can still just use like very minimal equipment and put this, the tension and the stress that I need to on my muscles for them to be activated throughout the whole workout. Yeah. Are you planning on going back to the gym at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know what? This is going to sound crazy, but working out from home, I've realized how convenient it is. And two, I don't have to share my stuff with anyone. So yeah. it's not like, you know, sometimes when you're at the gym, you're doing supersets, you have to wait on people. At least in LA, I did. It was just always so crowded. Yeah. So I didn't like that. And now that I kind of have like my home setup done, I'm like, you know what, maybe I'll just invest in a home gym. Maybe yeah. I'll kind of get, you know, what do you really need, right? You need a cable machine, you need a squat rack, you need some dumbbells and anything else I would say is like a plus. A bench. A bench, yes. A bench, yes. That's it. That's it. That's all you need. Yeah. yeah. Anything else is a plus. Like if you have like a spin bike, like great. If you have yeah. an elliptical, great. Stairmaster, great. But you basically just need those things. And I'm thinking if I can get all those things in my house, I can just have an at-home gym and then work out and train every single day, no excuse. Yeah, no excuse. I think I think a lot of people have kind of realized that since all this COVID and quarantine and lockdown and all of that's happened, that you can train just as effectively at home. Um, don't get me wrong. I think there's pros and cons to both. Yes. Sure. In the sense of, like you say, when you're at home, you don't have to wait around. You don't have to share your equipment. Um, but then it, it depends on what equipment you actually do have. I mean, I was making do with a pair of dumbbells and a barbell. That's all I had at home. And I hated it. And I, I've been back to the gym and I love it. I've missed it so much. I'm struggling in the gym now. Don't get me wrong. I've been sore for the last two weeks straight. Oh, you know? wow. <laughs> yeah, but... Actually, I, I, I miss that feeling. Yeah, it is. And you know what? I always say it's the environment. I think it's, I, I liked, I liked training at home at the beginning, but then I felt like I train at home, I work at home, I live at home and I need somewhere else to take my mind off of things. And the gym was the perfect place. And I've always said, I've always fed off the energy in a gym. Yeah. If you get yourself to a really good gym and you're around good people, like-minded people, the, the energy you get from that is indescribable. You it know? is. And I feel, and I feel like I, I feed off of that. So for yeah. me... I like a bit of both. I don't mind training at home, but I also do like being in the gym environment. But again, I guess that's because I don't have a really good home gym setup. I've never needed to. Like I said, I, I'm in a gym every single day, all day long. So yeah. I've never felt the need to get equipment at home. Um, but if I did have what you just said, like the squat rack, the cable machine, the bench and all of that, I could easily get by at home. I'd love it. 
Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it is nice. And I completely agree with what you said. Like there is a different energy at the gym. And initially when I wasn't able to go, I was just like, Oh, this is terrible. But I guess I've gotten so accustomed to it. I've been like, okay, you know what, this is what I'm working with. This is what I'm working with. Um, But yeah, yeah, I do miss, I miss the vibes of the gym. And sometimes even like if you're training or if you're doing a set and then I don't know if this is just me or if this is everyone, but if I see someone just putting in a little bit of extra, that sort of motivates me to then step it up a little bit. Yeah. When you see someone killing it at the gym, it kind of drives you to do it. Yeah. And that's why I say that's what, when you have those like-minded people and you're, you're in that environment where everyone is just constantly pushing themselves, you feel the need to constantly push yourself. Yeah. And that's, that's what it's all about. It's just, it, I always say it's a never ending pursuit of perfection. It, it is. It is. And it's, medi- it's like, it's very therapeutic. It's like meditation. Yeah. almost. hundred percent. It's therapy. It's that one hour or so of the day where you're not focusing on anything else except yeah. pushing your body, pushing your mind and, lifting that heavy thing off the floor i would literally have days where i would you know like for whatever reason find an exam or i was just having like not a good day um i would i would just be like you know what i'm like my gym time is like my that's my time mm. that's my time yeah. to unwind. that's my time to just get peace of mind and like breathing in and out just you know in meditation that's what you do right you focus on the breath and that's what mm. you're doing when you're lifting weights too inhaling exhaling um it's just, it's, it's amazing. And like just having that music or whatever it is you're listening to playing in the background, letting your mind go blank. Oh, it's making me <laughs> go back to the gym. <laughs> I, it's closed. Oh, when no, I, do, do, do you know when they're opening or anything? It depends. Cause I feel like, so my brother's been going, but he goes to a different gym than I do. And then when I'm in LA, I canceled my gym membership in Jersey. So then I've been like, and then Corona came. So I've just been like, Oh, I need to figure out my gym stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do miss that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you're you're gonna be sore when you start again. I tell you that much. Um, how do you how do you think like media and social media and stuff like that affects the way women do view view their bodies and their physiques now? Because obviously, when we're saying how how empowering it is for women to actually go to the gyms and train and lift heavy and eat and all of that stuff. Yeah. That's all the good stuff, right? How do you feel like the other side of it is? How do you think social media has kind of changed the way that women do depict themselves? You know what I I do and see okay, with any kind of thing, right? I think social media is a tool. And I know a lot of people like to say that it's bad or it's good or whatever. It's a tool. Like mm-hmm. it's very useful, but it completely depends on how you use it. And my fitness journey started through social media. I saw this one girl and I thought her body looked incredible. And I thought, oh my God, wait, she has an online fitness program. Let me try this out and see what happens. And that became my entry, um, that gateway to the fitness world because her workouts involved lifting heavy. And she would say the things that we're talking about, like, do not be afraid to lift heavy ladies. Like you need to do this. Do not, and like, I learned about counting macros through her. I didn't know what that stuff was. Um, I started counting my macros instead of like my calories, just like hitting this target, like, especially for protein, like hitting this many grams of protein a day was a must Mm -hmm. learning healthy living things, going on a walk every day, just all these amazing things. And that support system, having all these other women there with you during the same thing, it was just, it was very empowering. But at, at the same time, I've also seen the flip side. I've seen, um, I've seen images of people online and been like, 
oh, you know, like this person is like this. Why don't I look like this? Like I've mm -hmm. had moments of that. And it's just about realizing that, first of all, a lot of this is impacted by genetics. So, you know, you're two different body types. There's no use in comparing your body type to someone else's who you don't know, because maybe that's just how they genetically are. And two, also, not everything on social media is as it is. So a lot of people, which this is something I'm completely against, but will Photoshop curves or a bigger butt or just they'll, you know, do different things to their yeah. body for for the purpose of, of for, for the purposes of social media which i don't agree with at all and yeah. i like you can't trust those things like if you see someone who's working hard for their body like use that as motivation but don't compare yourself to them yeah i always say this the moment you start comparing yourself to anybody not just even with your body i mean anything i mean people people might compare lives like oh that person's got a nice car and i don't or anything the moment you start comparing yourself to other people you're on a very slippery slope yeah you know, and, and you're gonna end up in a very dark place yeah and i feel like it's so easy to do though because it's constantly what you see right um i don't want to delve too much into social media i've done a whole episode on the pros and cons of it anyway but people always do show their wins on on social media right. and so it is hard but i think it's good what you said about how you can use it as a driving force you know right. when you and i think a lot of people do start their fitness journeys from social media you see especially over all this um, lockdown and everything right. um, I've had a lot of people come to me for help in terms of actually getting started. And a lot of them are now training with me as well. You know? Yeah, so I, I, think, I think it's a wonderful place to kind of get that knowledge. And if you don't get that knowledge, get help from someone, you know, whether it be a coach or just someone who, like you said, is just improving themselves. But yeah, never, never, ever, ever compare yourself to anybody else. Everyone's too, too different. This is something yeah. I try to drill into every client's head of mine that, your journey is going to be very, very individual to yourself. And it's, it's yeah. always helpful to have your goals, but never just tie yourself to like looking like a certain person. Like I have a vision board. There's this one uh, former Miss Universe. I love her body. I love like the abs that she has. And that's like my, that's on my vision board. Not because I want my abs to look like her, but it's just kind of like that motivation. Like, you know what? I'm going to work so hard. Like if I don't feel like working out today, like I, I'm feeling lazy. It just gives me that extra bit like you know what boost yeah like okay you know what let me just do 10 minutes of abs and just yeah. <laughs> a little bit closer to my goal um yeah. so if you use it like that that's one thing just it's it's so dangerous like you said to go down this path of you comparing yourself yeah well, you know what i just love that you have a vision board i do have a vision board. <laughs> i have one but it fell down about two weeks ago and i haven't put it back up yet pick that up <laughs> i know i need to I need to. It's got my Mustang on it. Oh wow! <laughs> I actually, made, I made a digital version. I have like a physical version. My mm. color isn't working right now, so then I just made a digital version. Yeah, I think I need to do that. But you know, it's, I'm I'm a very I'm very old school in that way. I like pen and paper, and I like I like physical things. I mean, yeah, don't it's get a me wrong. Experience. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can, for example, you can write stuff on your phone as well. I just like writing it down actually on a piece of paper with a vision board. I was actually going to do it on my phone first, um, but then I thought, let me just buy one. It's got a little board off Amazon, stuck it on my wall, yeah, yeah, yeah. and literally it fell down. I didn't even realize it had fallen down until I went to look at it one day. And okay, so I need to pick that up and put it back up. 
You do. And I need, and and I need to start important. doing my journaling and my gratitude. Yes. <laughs> you do. So obviously we spoke quite a bit about female empowerment and how how lifting kind of helps with that and just exercise and being active in general can be really empowering for women. And there are lots and lots and lots of women who are yet to start their journeys in the world of fitness. So what would be the one piece of advice you would give to women who are currently training or thinking about starting their journeys or, you know, just kind of getting into things? What's the one piece of advice you would give to them? You know, this is, I feel like we touched up upon or we touched on a lot of these things. Initially, I was going to say, you know what, lift, just don't be shy to really go there, you know, lift heavy, put yourself out there, um, get involved with fitness, like all these things. But now I'm just, I'm like, I'm having second thoughts about what I want to say. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like when it comes to fitness, right, it's so important to be clear on why you're doing it. And I know, like we mentioned that we both started off in our fitness journeys um, for very superficial reasons. But even those reasons, I feel like, I'm like, I'm like, okay, there's like so much going on in my head, because I feel like we touched up upon a lot of this, and I want to repeat it. But just long story short, right? Don't Mm -hmm. let your goals come from a place where you're comparing and like, like don't have your fitness journey be fueled because of or fueled by comparison and fueled by um, just like this unrealistic body standard that you see online. Because I have been there um, in my, in my experiences with the pageant and with the modeling, right? I've seen an experience countless times this pressure to look a certain way for my job or this pressure to look a certain way to like X, Y, and Z to like win a patch, to do this, to do that. And I have at times been like, I have restricted my workouts, my food because I wanted to look thin like a model. I didn't want to lose out on opportunities or I wanted to just all these things. And I feel like when I was in that place where I was constantly counting calories, when I was constantly depriving myself of things I loved, to achieve this one goal, I wasn't happy. And at the end of the day, what fitness, you you know you're doing fitness and doing all that stuff right when you're happy because this stuff is you taking care of your body. It's not supposed to be something that you, you're not punishing yourself. This is you showing love to yourself. And I think you have to, when you approach fitness, you should come from that kind of place because that's when you'll really see the results that you want to see. That's when your body is going to do all these amazing things and you'll just be in a better frame of mind. Did that make any sense or did I just go over (laughs) (laughs) No, it did. You know why I was so silent? I was actually taking in. I think you touched upon some some very, very interesting things there that I've never thought about in the sense of, yeah, it shouldn't it shouldn't come from external factors. It should always be there should always be an intrinsic driving force. It should come from within. There should be something inside you that wants to do this. It shouldn't be just because you've seen someone on Instagram with a nice bum. You know, it has to be something from within. And I think the most important thing you said there was about this is you loving yourself. It's not about you hurting yourself or hating yourself you know and I feel like a lot of people they go into this this world and it can look it can be a very cruel world don't get me wrong you know but it's one of the most 
amazing places and one of the most amazing journeys I've had in my life and I love it and I want to do it for the rest of my life purely because it does bring me so much happiness and it is a form of self-love it's a form of self-love and I feel like a lot of people do go into it from a negative aspect in the sense of it's always like you say even for both of us it was superficial we didn't like the way we looked yeah. You know, but when, you, when you're doing it for those reasons, okay, it might start like that, but it's never going to last if that's your core reason because it's not coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of loathing. It's kind of almost like you don't like yourself. You're not comfortable with, your, with yourself. Um, whereas it should come from a place of love and it should come from wanting to better yourself. Yeah, and how many times have you seen the, like, okay, so it's it's so interesting because sometimes I'll have these conversations with people and they'll be like, oh, I hate working out. And I'm like, what? You yeah. hate working out? Why? And it's just like, no, I just don't like it. And I'm like, how can you not like it? Like, I love working out. It's not even like, do I love sweating and like panting like a crazy person? No, but no. I love the feeling that it gives me. It's just so yeah. amazing. Just you like, feel your best. You feel your best. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, you feel strong. You feel strong. You feel empowered. It's just such an amazing feeling. And even when, you know, you see those diets and the fads and stuff, I just, oh, I can't tell you how much that I, I don't like that stuff at all because I think we can all relate to this sense of like, when you, when you feel like you look good and when you feel comfortable in your skin, it improves your confidence like crazy, like feeling good in your skin. And the reason I do not like these fads and these diets and these supplemental teas or whatever you call it is because they're profiting off of something that people are insecure about and they want to change. And it's just, I don't know. I just, I don't like that stuff. Like do this days and you'll lose this much. You'll get abs in two weeks. No, like I don't, don't sell stuff like that. Instead sell like, you know, if you eat clean and if you do this stuff, you will feel the best you've ever felt. And, mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know. I can't with uh, some of the, the, the I have one word to describe all of that and it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah seriously. Yeah. I hate it. And I, I, the whole time you were saying all of that, I was just biting my tongue because that's something I can rant about. Yeah. More. So I've, I kind of, that's, that's a whole nother topic. But um, yeah, I, I hate it. I think it's something, like you say, it's feeding off people's insecurities yeah. and just, just for money. It's, it's purely for money gain. And a lot of people aren't educated well enough in this field to know what's good and what's not. And they kind of fall for it. And it's not by their fault. Yeah. You know? And uh, yeah, I, I hate all of that. This stuff. And you're, you're selling them things that are not going to do them good. They're not, it's not going to help them achieve their term, their goals long-term, nope. very short term. And they'll probably gain it all back, which is. It's not sustainable. And if anything, it's probably detrimental to their health. Exactly. And it's just, it's such a beautiful thing. And I just, I, it makes me upset when people view it as something that it's not, or view it as punishment or just they profit off of other people's insecurity that, that makes that that makes me sad um so you know just i would say that that would be my final note like this is a beautiful thing so take part in it thank you so much chavi for joining me on this episode it's been very very insightful and um it's it's been very enjoyable for me it genuinely has i think a lot of the things you touched upon have actually made me think about things i've never really thought about myself but um i feel like we had quite a lot of similar views on things and it was i hope i hope i hope i hope that a lot of women have learned from from this podcast um where would be the best place for people to follow your work and keep up to date with kind of your projects and what you're doing oh well 
right now I would say Instagram, right? Um, Instagram is in, I would say TikTok, but I don't know what's going to happen with TikTok in the US. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you can find me on Instagram. My, it's just at my first name and last name, which is at C-H-H-A-V-I-V-E-R-G. And yeah, you'll be, you'll be able to stay up to date on all the things that I'm up to and even some workouts occasionally. <laughs> Especially when you're back at the gym. Yeah. <laughs> Don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, look, it's, been, it's genuinely been my pleasure. Um, go and check her out, guys. I think what you're doing at the moment, it's very inspirational. And the way you're empowering young women, I think it's, it's amazing. And um, thank you once again. It has honestly been my pleasure. That means a lot. Thank you so much for having me. And I, I thought this was such an amazing discussion. Like, I I didn't even realize how passionate I was about some of these topics until we started talking about <laughs> it. And I just went off on my little, you know, my little know, same. <laughs> With so many misconceptions around when it comes to women and lifting weights, we must try to remember that it is not exclusively for men. The fitness industry is growing like no other. And it's amazing to see so many strong women finding a sense of empowerment from training. There are so many benefits of exercising that it shouldn't be ignored. Why not look good and feel even better? Whatever your goals may be, the one journey where you will truly learn to love yourself is the one of health and well-being. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm always happy to receive any feedback and connect with you guys. So hit me up on my socials at DNA Fitness UK. Take care and I'll catch you on the next episode.